I'm Laurie Mallon, and this is the Results Without Restriction podcast, the show where results have nothing to do with weight and everything to do with setting and reaching health and fitness goals that focus on what we're achieving and not what we're losing. We'll talk about deprogramming from diet culture and get expert advice on reclaiming your relationship with food and movement. Join me on this journey to get results without restriction. Welcome everyone. I am here with Care Marin and she is a personal chef turned kitchen coach. She makes meal planning quick, easy, and sustainable. Welcome, Care. Hi, thank you for having me. So anybody who knows me um, or has listened to the podcast for more than five minutes knows that I don't cook. I don't meal plan. This is all like my white whale. So I'm really excited because I feel like you have some secrets that I need. Um, so I'm, oh, you sure do. So I'm excited to dig in and, and figure out how I can personally, a lot of these podcast episodes are really just for me, but I feel like other people can benefit. So it's kind of like a twofer. Um, so I'm excited to talk about what it is that you do meal planning, meal prep, how to make this a sustainable part of my weekly routine. Cause right now it's not, and it needs to be. So <laughs> let's dig in right into your, um, your origin story. I like to call it like, how did you get to the point where you are now a coach for meal planning, teaching busy parents, moms, how to make meal planning and prep doable, sustainable, easy, quick, etc. Let's dig in. All right. Well, it started just because I love to cook And so friends started asking me, like, I would have a friend that was like gluten-free and she's like, oh, can you make this gluten-free or a vegetarian or whatever? And I was just cooking for people I knew. And then word of mouth kind of spread and I started cooking for families. So I was a personal chef for a little while for families. And it's kind of a joke. Like everybody says, I want a personal chef, you know? Um, But really what I found and what I learned being, you know, cooking for families um, was that that isn't necessarily always the case. And I also was able to see what are the biggest challenges? Like, why am I in this person's home? Why do they need me? Where was the stumbling block? Uh, and so when we had our daughter, I took all of that that I had learned and I transitioned to being an online kitchen coach. So I can help a lot more women now. And I've really like honed into a lot of the obstacles and the stumbling blocks for meal planning. Um, And, you know, I I say kind of the joke about having a personal chef because a lot of the women I work with have said that before, but in reality, they really want to be the one that cooks for their family and themselves, right? It's a way we show our families love and it's a way we care for them. And so, um, so that is kind of how it all came about is I know that there's a desire to cook for your family and I know there's also stumbling blocks and I help you overcome them. Something you said there got my attention. So we all say we want to have a personal chef, right? But Mm -hmm. like you said, preparing food for our loved ones is how we, I mean, that's an intimate thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's how we show we care for our families. And right now my family must think I don't love them at all. (laughs) (laughs) because I am not in charge of that department. But another thing you said was moms. Do you, is it exclusive to women or is, are you, do you say that just because predominantly the people who, who, who are seeking you out are, are women and moms? Uh, So it's definitely not exclusively moms. Um, I work with women who 
either they're not a mom or before they're a mom. Um, or I guess I, I have worked with an, with empty nesters as well. Um, they see like the value of food and fresh ingredients and making it easy. Oftentimes like in preparation for children or grandkids or, so it's definitely just like women who have, have recognized the value of home cooked meals and want to do it more easily and quicker, you know, the time around the dinner table, the family time that that's kind of a sacred time. Uh, and to kind of calm that time down and bring peace to the table and not have it be this frenzied, stressed time of day, I think is valuable to everyone, you know, also moms as they try to kind of connect with their family members and want that peace and calm at, at mealtime while serving something that's fresh and that they feel good about the ingredients and connect with whoever it is they're eating with. You just covered why meal planning is important, right? Because we want to, we want to have peace, peace at the end of the day, right? We want to have a a peaceful experience, you know, just connecting with our family at the end of the day. So this term meal planning, Mm -hmm. we're using it very loosely here. So do you, what is meal planning? Like the actual definition of meal planning for you? Oh, that's a great question. So for me, meal planning is, do I know what my next meal is going to be? That's my idea of meal planning. And I assume that there's like a a, a higher level that most people who think of meal planning are like week at a time, month at a time. Mm-hmm. But what does it look like for most people, not me? Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. Uh, so what it looks like, real big picture is simply having a system, a system that is predictable that is rinse and repeat every week or every month or every day, like whatever that unit is for you, that unit of time, um, most often. And the system that I use and teach is based on the week. Uh, And so it's a matter of having a system down that again is predictable. So it's not stress producing. Like, you know, when, each of the steps is coming. They happen the same time every week. You integrate it into your schedule and it really like breaks it down. So whether you're looking at your next meal, your next week or your next month, whatever, like it can look like this huge thing, like kind of like you're saying, like what is meal planning? And when you don't have a system, you, you might not know the answer to like, what's the next step in this big thing that's called meal planning. And that is the shift that I make with the women I work with is it's not this big, scary thing. It's like these steps that you just take one after the other, and then you repeat those the next week. And then you repeat, and it's just, it becomes like a habit and a routine that, you know, that isn't stressful and isn't overwhelming. And I can tell you that kind of at the core of all of this is really um, what I call having your recipe hub. And this is something that I build with my clients is having a, a collection of recipes that you know how to make, that you're confident making, that you know your family likes, uh, you know, that you like. They're, they're just like the recipes that you can go back to because often what I find with meal planning and when you say that general word, like you're saying you like go on the internet and like Google meal plan or you go on Pinterest and it's like, oh, I want to find a new recipe. And that is where a lot of stress can come in is like not having the resource for you that works for you. A cookie cutter meal plan on Pinterest is going to be a lot harder than I have built a hub of recipes that I know work 
and it's big enough that I maintain variety and I go back to it. And, and that is so much less stressful than, um, oh, it's time to meal plan for next week. So I think I'm going to Google it. Perfect. I love this because, you know, I'm a tech person. So I love mm, systems. Yeah. I love having a process. One, two, three, four, five, right? Like we just, we do this, we follow it. We're not thinking about it. We're not looking at like too far ahead. We're just sticking with the next thing. Mm, and, yes. but for me, and I know other people, I, I can't be alone here. I'm not the only one who struggles with this meal planning or like when I get the inclination to do something that resembles meal planning, right? I do one of two things or it turns well, it starts with one thing and then it turns into a rabbit hole. Okay. So I go, Oh, you know what? I'm going to cook something. I'm going to, um, I'm going to go on Pinterest. Like you said, I'm going to find a recipe. Well, then I find one recipe. Well, then it turns into, well, if I'm going to make this, well, then maybe I should make extra so that I'll have leftovers. Okay. Well, then it turns into this whole thing. Well, if I'm going to do this, maybe I should meal plan for the whole week. Okay. Well, if I'm doing the week and I'm buying all the stuff, well, maybe it's, you know what I mean? I can't like, I can't stop at the first thing. So what somebody like me really needs is this systematic approach to say, okay, we're we're just doing a week at a time. We're going to start with this. We're going to start small. And then it sounds like what we do is with your program is build onto something. We get comfortable with one, you know, first, those, those first few steps, and then we build on and, and then we kind of grow as our comfort level um, mm -hmm. grows with the system. Does that sound right? Yes, that sounds exactly right. And you'll be amazed at how quickly your confidence does grow when you start with a system. Um, and, and to your point, I work with clients even on, I, I tell people if meal planning is new for you, or you have a history of meal planning that you don't like looking back on, like it's just been a dumpster fire, start with one meal. Like what if you just said today, I'm going to find a recipe, or maybe I have a family favorite and I'm going to plan for it for dinner next week. And so that means I'm going to find the recipe. I'm actually like going to have it. So when I need to cook, like I can find it. Right. And then I'm going to write down the ingredients that I need and I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to come home and I'm going to prep a couple of the ingredients. So Tuesday night when I serve it, all I'm doing is putting the ingredients together. And it's like, if you even just started there and, you know, I know a lot of people's minds are like, I'm not just going to make one meal, but like, if what you're doing right now is mass chaos and stressing you out and frenzied and not working, then this is the next step and it sets the system in place. And so then you do two and then you make extra. And so you have leftovers and then you like build on that. So whatever big or small in terms of the next step means for you, meal planning can be broken down into whatever next step is doable for you. And I always tell people there's nothing about meal planning that's all or nothing. It's never all or nothing. It's never every meal seven days a week for the rest of my life. Like that's just nobody wants to do that. Right. It's just what's next and what foundation can we lay to build on that? Okay. So it's almost like you can see inside my brain because <laughs> I am very much an all or nothing. Like if I'm going to do a little, I have to do a lot. And then, and then it get, I get overwhelmed and now I have meal planning trauma. And like you said, this dumpster fire of my meal planning past always comes to haunt me whenever I, I feel like because I know it's something I should do. It's going to help. It's a, it's a form of self-care, right? Helping future Laurie 100%. eat healthy, honor nutrition, spend time with my family. That's not chaotic. And so mm -hmm. it's something I really want to do. But every time I, I 
think about it, I get that anxiety and I'm like, oh gosh, I remember the last time I tried this and I fell down a Pinterest rabbit hole and then nothing, and then I end up eating a bagel. So yeah, we all end up eating cereal. So yeah, so this is definitely a system that I need, I need in my life. Okay. So that sounds like one of the, one of the mistakes that you see people making is the all or nothing mindset. Like if I'm going to do one meal, I can't just do one meal. I have to do a whole week, but then the whole week becomes overwhelming. What are some other traps you see people falling into when it comes to um, setting up a meal planning system or meal planning in general? Mm -hmm. Good question. Um, Two come to mind and you said the word mindset. And that is something that I work on with all of my clients, the, the mindset around meal planning. And I'll tell you two kind of mindset uh, traps that you can, uh, fall into. One is the fact that you are a woman, or if you're a mom, the fact that you're a mom, you should know how to do this. And so you mentioned it earlier, like I should be meal planning and people think to themselves, I should know how to do this. And so, you know, at this point, a lot of us have probably heard like, stop shooting all over yourself. Like, let's just like put the shoulds aside and say, but where are you really right now? Um, nobody teaches you how to meal plan. No, a lot of us did not grow. I didn't grow up like cooking next to my mom or my grandma and learning how to do this. We become adults and we want to feed ourselves well, and we don't know where to start, but there's this, like, I don't know if it's like cultural society tells us whatever it is for some reason about meal planning, there's this thing, there's this hesitancy to find help in this area because it's like, I should know how to do this because I'm a mom or because I'm a woman or, you know, whatever it is. Like when I started, when I went online with my business, I didn't know how to run a business. So I reached out for help and there was nothing about me that was like, I should know how to do this like because I've never run a business, right? And so that same spirit is true of meal planning, but it's not talked about, it's not uncovered, it's not revealed, right? Like it is in other areas. If I, if you don't know how to fix your car, you get help, right? And so um, it's the same thing, but just to like shed all those shoulds about what you should know how to do just because you grew up in a family where your mom meal plant, like it just doesn't work that way. Uh, and so that's one of the, one of the mindset things that I really find people go into a dark hole about. Can I just say, I actually, I know where this comes from. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I like to um, blame the patriarchy and internalized yes. gender roles. Yes. <laughs> I'm totally we, with you. We yeah. don't have to harp on that, but we're yeah. just putting it out there. Cause we, yeah. let's just say it. We know, mm-hmm. we know, we know this is true, but we're going to move on. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, that's one of the things is just like, is the mindset of it. And where are you? Like when you approach meal planning with, I should know how to do this. I should be doing this. But in the back of your mind, you dread it. It's like, how are you going to show up for it? Like that. And so really working on mindset is one of the, is one of the big things that I work on. And it's amazing how much, like I said, confidence you can build and progress you can make when you kind of reset that mindset. And then the other thing I would say that um, that my clients kind of stumble over is this idea of feeding, serving healthy meals, right? This term healthy, like what does that even mean? We could have a, we could have a podcast ju- episode just on this, the, the nebulousness of the word healthy. Like what yeah. does it, exactly, what does it even mean? 100%. And why do we feel confined to like only make foods that 
that fall under this category, this category that we can't even define. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just, that is exactly right. Uh, so healthy is just this word that doesn't really mean a lot anymore and who knows what it means. And some people, um, as when you're thinking about meal planning, you're like, okay, I, I know the foods I'm feeding myself and my family aren't what I want to be feeding them, but what do I feed them? And so that's where this word healthy kind of pops up. And then it's like, am I going to jump on one of the bandwagons of paleo or keto or vegetarian or, and like nothing wrong with any of those unless it's you grasping at a straw that you think is going to give you some kind of meal planning structure, right? That isn't really helpful. Um, so what I like to really empower my community with is you, I find that once we start talking, like let's put the word healthy aside for a second and just talk about meal planning with like, let's say you went to the store and you bought if you eat meat, some basic meats, you bought some basic vegetables, you had recipes that you used those in a way that they tasted good. Like this concept of healthy is no longer that important because you recognize the foods you're cooking with. There's different uh, kinds of food on your plate. Like it's just, it, it, it doesn't have to fall into anyone else's definition of healthy. It just needs to be foods that you recognize, that you feel good about, that you, you know, and that's really what it comes down to is I think we all have some kind of idea, again, wherever that comes from, of what kinds of foods we want to eat um, without jumping on some kind of like, kale's a superfood. I have to eat kale. It's like, kale's just a food, just like any other food. All, all vegetables have nutrition in them. Let's not get on a bandwagon. Let's just go for variety, get recipes that make the things taste good. Uh, and, you know, go from there. And so that is one of the stumbling blocks for sure is just this idea of healthy. And I, I totally get why that just like stops people in their tracks about meal planning. And then along these same lines is once you get a system down and you're using these ingredients that you recognize and they're fresh and you're, it's amazing how you love to have pizza night, or let's eat ice cream for dinner as a family and have fun with that or make some impulsive choice. Because I go by kind of the 80-20 guideline, like if 80% of the time you're serving these meals that you feel great about, then pizza night is fun as opposed to right now, pizza night or takeout or whatever is like, I'm doing this again. This isn't how I wanted to eat tonight. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, and then, and then your family's like, why can't you just have fun with this mom? Like, why is this a big, and it's like, it just gets into this whole thing of like meal times are stressful and not calm and not fun anymore. You know, it's amazing when I work with moms, uh, the most common number that we fall on in terms of how many fresh meals do you want to make a week that would be meal planning success for you? It's never seven. It's never six. It's four is the most common number I hear. So you've got four fresh meals on the table. The other nights can be something else. This is great because I don't know if you have listened to previous episodes of the podcast, but we mm -hmm. are big into intuitive eating, eating mm -hmm. foods that feel good in our bodies, mm -hmm. um, honoring nutrition, and also honoring eating for experience. Mm, I love that. Yes. So yeah. there's, there's, there's foods we eat because we know they're going to give us nutrition. They're good for us. 
fiber, micronutrients, etc. Also, mm-hmm. foods we like to eat, you know, like maybe there's not a lot of nutrition in ice cream, but it's fun. Yeah. The, the experience yeah. of having ice cream after dinner with your family, like we should, there's, there's room for everything in here. And so I really like this approach. And I love that we're starting, like, like you said, the, the target number is four. If we mm-hmm. could get, if we could have a nice sit down meals that we feel good about preparing, serving and enjoying with our families four nights a week, and then mm-hmm. I'm a huge, I like leftovers. My husband's not so much a fan, but um, I like the ease of it because then I can just reheat it and eat it. But if it's it's the same thing I already ate, I already know I'm, I'm going to feel good eating it and mm-hmm. making my life that much easier for one day a week. We can stretch it out, right? We can we can keep it going. Um, I don't know if you cover batch cooking mm-hmm. in your program. Yep. Okay, perfect, perfect. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that we're starting with four and maybe we end with four and then we do have other, other um solutions for the other nights of the week that are just not us in the kitchen cooking. However joyful that may be for us or not, you know, we have, we have options. I like that. Tell us a little bit about what it looks like to work with you. It looks like starting with you and personalizing it to you and your schedule. And I like to start meal planning on Thursdays. I call it think ahead Thursday. And you start thinking about meals for the next week. Today is Thursday. Oh, oh my goodness. This is, you did, you scheduled this on Thursday on purpose, didn't you? You're like, Laurie needs my help. We're going to do, we're going to do a Thursday episode. It's It's my favorite day of the week. Uh, But it gives you, you know, assuming you're kind of on a Monday is the first day of the week schedule, which a lot of us are like, it gives you four days to meal plan, right? And it lets you break it down into these easy steps, not too long each day. But if Thursday's not the day for you, like we're going to figure out what is the day for you. And then we're literally just going to break it down into the habits that you can do. A lot of this is about like looking at your schedule and how can you integrate this into your weekly schedule that's already happening. And so um, for me, I've integrated into my schedule Thursdays is when I look at my calendar next week and see if I have any really heavy days that I do need a leftover or a day where I have a little bit more time or, you know, you just kind of glance at your schedule and then you get, you get out some recipes and you say, these are the recipes I'm going to make next week. And so whether that's two or three or four recipes, whatever, that's the only thing I do on Thursday. It's not this big thing. It's like 15 minutes. I'm going to glance at my schedule for next week, make sure there's not something really wonky that's going to affect dinner time. And then I choose the recipes. And when you work with me, that's one of the uh, great things is the recipes. I can provide the recipes for you. Um, I talked earlier about if you think about the fresh vegetables and fruits and, and meats and just grains that you know and love and feel good about. But how do I put these together in a way that tastes good? Um, that is what I help you do. Uh, and I provide recipes for you. And you so that part is done. Uh, so on Thursday, you get those recipes together. What I do next is make a grocery list, but I provide that for you as well. So the plan is done, the grocery list is done for you. And then we really dig into the like living this out. You do have to go grocery shopping, whether that's having them delivered to your house, ordering them ahead online and having somebody bring them to your car or actually going to the store, whatever that looks like for you, you put that in your schedule. And then the real thing, the the real gold of working with me is I map out step-by-step 
what you should do for the whole week for the recipes that we've planned for you. And so that looks like when you get home from the store, dice these onions because we're using them on Tuesday and put them in a container in your fridge. Take the meat out. Don't forget to take the meat out on Monday because you're going to be using it on Tuesday. And it breaks it down literally step by step. What vegetable do you prep? How do you prep it? When do you prep it? How long can it stay in the fridge? Like all of those things, I give that to you in a step-by-step guide. And this is what's establishing the confidence, the routine, that muscle memory of meal planning. And so when you are, when we're no longer working together, you're empowered to do this on your own. I have a question about what do you do when you have a family or you have, you have a client who has Mm -hmm. family members with different requirements. So like in my situation, I'm a dairy free vegetarian Mm -hmm. and my husband and my son eat, well, I should say my husband eats most things. Uh, There are very few things he doesn't eat. And my son likes chicken nuggets, hot dogs, Maggie seven chicken nuggets, mac and cheese. He has like this list of things that he really likes only because you know, he's, he's seven. Right. And Mm -hmm. he does eat other things. And, um, but they're just, we're just in like in this rut. So what do you do when you have a family who's like, okay, person A does this person B has this and person C has this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great question. Uh, And it's a really big question. I will uh, tell you kind of my brief, uh, briefly, my approaches to that one in terms of like the dairy or the meat or the uh, whatever that is, I, I always recommend and this works out really well, is to start with a base meal that meets the person who's most restrictive. Okay, so like if you don't eat meat or dairy, something that comes to mind is my Southwestern stuffed sweet potato. It's plant-based at its core, right? So I make that and that's yours. Well, then who I also have some shredded chicken that I then put on top of it. And do you want sour cream with it? Just, you know, the other people in your family, do they want cheese on it? And so there's not this sense of like, I'm making something totally different. Or the person who's eating it isn't like, oh, this was her afterthought meal for me, you know, or as the person cooking, you're not the afterthought, right? Nobody's an afterthought. It's here is a base meal that meets the most restrictive person. And then what we put on top of it or add to it, it, you know, is something everybody likes. That's kind of my first um, approach with my clients is how does that land? And of course, I provide those recipes that are the base of, you know, whatever base you need. Uh, And then what can you add to it that doesn't just feel like an add on or an afterthought. So that's kind of how I how I approach that. Also, I will say that a lot of the recipes I use, if there's somebody in the family who's like gluten free, and then somebody else in the family is like, don't make me gluten free stuff right? There's a lot of recipes where that just doesn't come up, like what they're eating is good. And so they just don't ask any questions, right? And so that's also part of it is, um, you know, just making things that taste good with ingredients that meet your requirements, but people who don't have those requirements like. That can just be a challenge, but I have some tried and tested recipes that, you know, they're just, nobody asks questions because they like what's on their plate. And so, you know, that is kind of how I approach that. As far as kids or adults who have kind of a narrow um, idea of what they like to eat or 
Uh, I just talked about this in my group yesterday um, about the word picky and how I don't like labels and let's stop labeling each other. And our, we all have food preferences with things we like, things we don't like. Uh, and that is also kind of a whole mindset thing about on what spectrum of eat this or don't eat to short order cook. And like, where do you want to fall on that spectrum? Right. And, and I can't be in your home, like setting the tone and the culture around dinner time. You have to do that. And so you have to decide like, what are your boundaries and what do you want to do? But a lot of the times there's a happy medium. And I have found that once you kind of get in the routine, you're building your confidence, your meal planning thing is kind of happening. You're less stressed. You're happier. Dinner time's more like, there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just okay, now, you know, I talked to my coach and she wants me to set boundaries. And so now you don't get to, you have to eat what we're eating. Like, that's not the approach. The approach is like, it's our, our dinner time is transitioning into something new. And you'll be amazed when the cook, the person who's cooking, their mindset is better. And their approach is, is different. How a lot of family members kind of come along. Um, and so that's something that really, I would say over time, when I work with my clients, we're, we're kind of addressing that. And I think the changes that happen in the family when cooking beco becomes a labor of love and your family like is starting to sense that as opposed to the resentment that you used to have that your family's hungry, right? <laughs> Man, they have to eat like every day, no, like every right? single day. Every single day. And that resentment is real, right? Like it's the end of the day and it's my time to cook. And here I have these hungry people in front of me. Can't you just go somewhere else? Right. And, and that's just not fun for anybody. And so, like I say, it's kind of a big answer, but big picture is a lot of things start shifting when I work with my clients and we start getting down a system that works. And that question is usually answered a little bit further into the program. And the answer is often a lot easier than, than you think it is when you're in that frenzied, stressed mode. So what I'm hearing is that when you eliminate the end of day decision fatigue of what oh, we're yeah. eating, who are, who's eating what, who needs this, who needs that, who's picky, who's refusing to eat. Mm -hmm. When we, when we eliminate that, we have like an almost like an energetic shift, reduction in stress, and there's a trickle down effect. Like yes. when, well, when yes. yeah, we're we're kind of like we're all experiencing this energetic shift when when the whole when the whole situation is not fraught with stress and anxiety and and frustration and exhaustion. Yes. Oh, that is that is really, really well said. Decision fatigue. That's exactly what it is. I talk about that a lot. And that, you know, is at the core of a lot of people's stress about meal planning. You don't want to look up at the end of the day and think, what do I have to make? You know, that's not the best time to ask that question. No, it is definitely isn't. And I, I really like uh, one. First of all, I'm going to need that sweet, that sweet potato recipe. Okay. Uh, lickety split. Okay. Second of all, so I like that you have, you start with Thursday and then you go, okay. And then what does this look like day by day? I'll, I'll just throw this out there for anybody. And I, the reason this appeals to me is I generally have what I call the five and five rule. If I look at a recipe and it has more than five ingredients mm. or more than five steps, my eyes mm. glaze over and I tune out. Now there isn't a whole lot that you can make. That's like super delicious 
and filling and whatever for a fam for for a family with diverse eating requirements. So you can imagine how this has worked out for me. <laughs> so so I'm really I'm excited. I'm we're going to talk about it in a little bit about your um your free gift that you have like your 7-day meal planning guide mm -hmm. and how I can start to to overcome my 5 and 5 rule. It's a mindset thing totally. So I'm looking forward to that. So you work one-on-one -on -one with your clients, they hire you, we sit down and you say, this is what, you know, what do you want to work on? Do we want to do a week? We sit down on Thursday, here are your recipes. Um, they've, they fit all of your criteria based on what your family, what your schedule looks like, what your family wants to eat, what they mm -hmm. like to eat, what they will eat, um, what they can eat. <laughs> um, and then here's the step-by-step, -step. okay, grocery shopping, here's the list. Okay, when you come home from the store, Monday, you're doing this Tuesday, you're doing this and you, and you break it down. Right. So I'm not, uh, that's my whole thing is that I look at a recipe and like, if there's 20 steps, I'm like, there's no way, like after at the end of the day, I cannot like at six o'clock, look at this laundry list of just a million steps and I'm just overwhelmed. So walking into dinner time with stuff half halfway done already, and I know it's already prepped and ready to go. And I just have to kind of just throw it all together, that mm -hmm. is key. That is going to be an ideal situation for me personally. Okay, so now we're on a system. You've helped the client figure out what it looks like for them for meal planning. If it's four meals a week, here are foods we like to eat. Here's your your recipe collection that we're going to start building on. Mm -hmm. Then what? Then it's a matter of basically practicing it and doing it and just like living it out and questions are going to come up, you know, so that's the support I give my clients and the accountability of it. And so when I work with my clients, we walk through the system for six weeks and then we fine tune the recipes because like every recipe I give people is not going to be the perfect recipe for them. Right. That's the reality of it. So um, if at first glance, a client's like, Ooh, yeah, no, that recipe is not going to work, even though it fits like what I told you, you know, some, there's just some things that then I replace it. But also when you live through the meal plans and you're like, yeah, that one wasn't much of a hit, or I don't have exactly what I need in the kitchen to make that, or I just don't like whatever, then we replace it. And so we fine tune those recipes and then we live through it again with the support and the accountability and that just practice that muscle memory that you're building. And so then you have, as you said, that collection of recipes that are fine tuned to you and your family and how you eat. And so then you have that collection, you have the steps uh, and you have the confidence. And so then that is when you go off and do it on your own and you have that confidence and, and system and you're independent. We leave the nest. That's right. That's right. Right. The idea is not to work with you forever. You want people to graduate. You want people, you're yeah. empowering, empowering yeah. your clients to be able to do this on their own. So, so a lot of people say getting started is the hardest part, but I would say mm -hmm. actually doing it over and over and sticking with something is mm -hmm. actually really hard too. <laughs> a lot mm -hmm. of it is hard. So what happens after six weeks? Like if I'm like, oh, you know what? A couple months in, I'm like, oh, I've fallen off. I'm struggling. 
what does it look like if I need some kind of additional support or accountability or what does that look like? Yes. Yeah. There is an option for continued support and accountability because I am definitely aware, you know, that that can happen. There's a lot of excitement at the beginning and keeping it up. Also, you know, life is, is in seasons, right? We have seasons where this is working and then uh, seasons where it doesn't work anymore. And so whether that looks like a reboot of your recipes or continued uh, just like personal support because, you know, you're having trouble keeping up with it or something changed, um, you know, once you're a client that you have those options for continued support. And, you know, that's the most common way that I work with my clients is one-on-one with the option for continued support, but I do also um, am launching a group program that is uh, coming up. And so that will also just talking about in terms of consistency and keeping it up weekly calls where you, you know, can have support and accountability and ask those questions. And so the, the one-on-one is really good for uh, people who have specific dietary needs or specific like restrictions, but also in the group program, those recipes will be there. And it's, it allows for more long-term support at a different price point that might work for people to do it longer. So there is options for continued support. I never leave my clients hanging. And, and so I would say, I totally hear you on that. It's hard to keep things up. Uh, And on the flip side of that, I would also say, at some point, if, if you value it and it's important to you, then you're going to keep it up. And if you don't, and if you would like me to hold your hand forever, I'm here. But I really encourage my clients uh, to get to the point where they are self-motivated with it because you don't want to be uh, chained to me for you know the rest of your life just to meal plan for your family. And I find that once you gain the confidence and you have the system, yeah, you're going to fall off every once in a while and that's fine. Like, but you get back on and, you know, you just keep doing it because it's something that you value and that you want to do. I love that. That's, you know, that's a really good point because if it is important to you and, and, you know, you could say, listen, if you try it, (laughs) I'll work with you. And if you try it and you decide at the end of whatever that, you know, three months from now, you really, you hate cooking, you hate Mm -hmm. all of it. You'd rather just hire something. You know what? You do you, boo. Like if if it's yeah. if it works for you, your budget, your lifestyle, to just have somebody. If you if you give it a whirl and you mm-hmm. try it, and you're like, listen, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you know yeah. what? You do you do whatever works for you. But we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna try it because I think for a lot of people, myself included, it's the overwhelm of getting started, not having a system, not having support, and just kind of having that that past trauma of trying it mm-hmm. and and yeah. failing miserably. So I feel like this is a really great kind of bridge to to learning how to do it yourself and and overcome those mental blocks that we might have about meal planning and that might be all you really need to have long-term success with meal planning. Yeah. That's right. And and I will, what something you said made me think of, you know, I give you the step-by-step guide. And so what some moms do is if they have someone who like comes in and helps you take care of your kids or a personal assistant or like a mom's helper, that person can follow the step-by-step guide. It doesn't have to be us. It doesn't have to be us. You can outsource this process as well is what you're saying. 
Yes. And so I set it up for you to be able to do, or you can give that to someone else. And that's much more economical than a personal chef or doing HelloFresh for the rest of your life or whatever it is. And so that is a really good option is you are equipped with the instructions and the recipes and the guide and whoever wants to carry that out can carry it out. That's a really good point that, you know, if this is a, a family activity, right? So if you have you have the information, you have the guide, you have the steps, you could actually make this really easy for the family to get involved. If you have kids who are old enough to cook and your spouse is available to also participate, it doesn't have to be someone you pay to, to come and do it. It could be somebody who lives in the house and benefits from the yes. outcome. They can yeah. also help, right? So, you know, my son would love to cook, but I don't dare let him do anything in the kitchen unsuper I shouldn't even be in the kitchen unsupervised. So I'm definitely not going to let him do that. Care, this is so fantastic. Well, let's talk about your freebie. So what you have for our uh, listeners is a seven-day meal planning guide called Reset Your Meal Planning. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yes, I would love to. Um, it's a seven-day meal plan and it is has lunches, dinners, and snacks. It's very uh, simple recipes, good recipes, ingredients you recognize um, that you're going to feel good about, that you could dip your toe in the water with uh, meal planning and doing leftovers if that works for your family or it just gives you the schedule, gives you the grocery list, and it's a great way to see you know, without the stress of the decision making, like where are you with meal planning? And so you can follow that and kind of get yourself a, a fresh start, a reset if you need a reset from past meal planning experiences. Uh, and so it's a great, it's, it's just a great guide to as a place to start if you're just feeling like this meal planning thing is huge, I don't know what to do next. That's a great place to start. Okay, so spoiler alert, I have already downloaded it and taken a look and this looks Ooh. doable even for me so, <laughs> and and so i'm i mean there's probably some um some things that i would swap out like i might do tofu for me or chicken for mm -hmm. my husband and my son but these all look <laughs> these all look like things that i could do and it's very neat and organized like the, the shopping list i could easily because you mentioned this i could easily put this in online shopping mm. place my order because you know i mean listen, I don't have to tell you, I don't want to go in the store. I don't, I don't want to do any of this, right? Yeah. I'm only doing it because eating keeps <laughs> us alive. Um, so I can put, I can plug this into my online shopping. I can have it ready when I get there and then I can come home and take the first step. And that's all I'm going to ask myself to do right now. <laughs> that's right. I'm just going to take that first step. Care, this is, this is so good. Okay. So a, a couple other things I want to make mm -hmm. sure I mention here. So if you want to connect with Care, she has her website, which first of all, which is kitchenlifetransformation.com. And all of these links will be in the show notes too. She is on Facebook. She has uh, her, her Facebook page and she also has a free group called Practical Meal Planning Moms that you can join. Um, and she also has a scheduling link. She will put her scheduling link if you want to book a call with CARE and chat about working with her, which I highly recommend. The last thing, what I like to do is as I end every episode, I like to get your top three tips. Okay. So I would say when you're talking about meal planning and just like thinking about it and what to do, start early. That's my first tip is just start earlier for the week than you normally would. A lot of people wait till Sunday. That's not a good time. Uh, start earlier. Of course, I think Thursday is the best day to start. Uh, start early. Make meal planning small 
habits. You can give meal planning 15 minutes, you know, several days a week. You have 15 minutes in your day if meal planning is something that's important to you. Uh, and it doesn't take more than small blocks of time that you do consistently to make meal planning successful. So start early, make meal planning small habits. And then we've talked a lot of, about you know the tips that I have. So I think the next one I'm going to say is join my Facebook group and have some community around it. So start early, small habits, join the group. <laughs> awesome. Care, thank you so much for being with us today and unlocking the mysteries of meal planning, <laughs> which, you know, there, I, I can't imagine I'm alone. There have to be other people out there like me who have this, you know, have previous negative experiences that or the five and five rule, or just overwhelm in the kitchen. So I think this is going to be immensely helpful. And we'll be putting all of your links uh, for your, your website, for your social media, and for your, your free gift right in the show notes. Thank you again. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for listening. And if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Check out our show notes for this episode where you can find any of the links and resources that were mentioned during the show and connect with a health and wellness provider committed to helping you ditch diets and achieve results without restriction. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.